Welcome to the Firefighter Craftsmanship Podcast, where we give you real tools to train ultimate humor performance both on and off the emergency scene. I'm your host, Kevin Housley. Let's get to it. Firefighter Craftsmanship Podcast is brought to you by BruteForceTraining.com. Enter the code FIREFIGHTERCRAFTSMANSHIP at checkout for 10% off your entire order. Brute Force Training provides unstable and odd object load training systems that are adaptable to meet whatever needs you want, and they will absolutely give you all that you can handle. Check out their new adaptive filler design, which allows customization down to five pound increments. This is a great option for ease of entry for yourself and your crew to get relevant odd object training that will help you perform on the emergency scene. So BruteForceTraining.com and enter the code FIREFIGHTERCRAFTSMANSHIP for a 10% off your entire cart. Welcome to the Firefighter Craftsmanship Podcast where we coach you to deal with the stressors of the job as a first responder as well as how to thrive off duty. Looking forward to today's episode which is going to be titled Setting Expectations at the Crew Level and Beyond. So expectations gets a lot of chatter around and we all have expectations of ourselves. We all have expectations of others. And in my experience, uh, it doesn't usually seem like we communicate those expectations very well. And so I like a quote from Dave Ramsey paraphrased here a little bit is, if you don't communicate your expectations then they're not expectations, they're just dreams. And so we really can't be getting frustrated with people if we haven't very clearly communicated our expectations and had a good solid conversation with those folks, especially people if you're uh, in a crew environment of, it's a two-way conversation, it's a two-way street. It's not just I'm imposing these expectations upon you and you shall meet them. Um, You need to make sure that those things that you do expect of other people and that you expect of yourself are within the ditch banks that that they're attainable and that it's moving you towards a positive direction, that it's not just a mandated, another mandated thing because We don't need more mandates in our lives. I don't care what organization you work with. We don't need more stuff to be ordered around to do. So let's dive into today's topic and expectations. What are they and who do they belong to? And in my experience, uh, in different careers, different organizations, different organizations we've had the fortune to work with, there are a lot of different expectations out there and And a lot of that really kind of comes into company culture or organizational culture. And so organizational culture is really built around the things that we expect and the things that we actually deliver upon when we're providing a service. This could be if you're a sports coach, it certainly could be in the home environment, and it certainly applies to us in emergency services. So I'd like to challenge you a little bit to kind of think about expectations of belonging, obviously belonging to yourself. Um, But then if we're working in an environment where we have other people on the team, other crew members, things like that, the expectations don't just belong to the supervisor, whether that's you or whether it's not you. The expectations should really belong to everyone that's in that environment. So as an officer on a fire engine, I have expectations of myself and I have expectations of the people that are working with us whether they're assigned to the company or they're not assigned to the company, they might just be visiting for a day on a trade or whatever. But expectations, we have expectations of all of those. And all of those different people, all of those different stakeholders have expectations of me as well and my crew as well, as well as the entire shift and battalion and, and the entire fire department. So I was at the Mile High Fire Con a few years ago and Chief Scott Thompson from the Colony, Texas had an amazing presentation where he talked about expectations specifically. 
And he used a really, really cool example that I've actually tried to implement over the last few years of do we know what the citizens, the people that are actually paying for our services of your district or your, um, or your customers at the end of the day, if you're in the business world, do we know what they actually expect of you? And have you ever actually asked them? And so Chief Thompson gave a story when he came in there as the fire chief. They hadn't really ever taken any of those surveys. They didn't really have a good understanding about what does the community expect us to provide to them. And so he went out and he did basically just a straw poll at the grocery store. He stood out in front of the grocery store and he started talking to the people that were within his community and it was a very simple question. If, if you call 911, what do you expect of us? And so that's something that I've really tried to do when we're out grocery shopping or we're out in the community and people, you know, we are very fortunate where we're in the fire service where we get thanked for um, the job that we've signed up to do, which in my opinion is completely unnecessary. Um, but it's a great opportunity for us to ask that question of, hey, thank you. Thank you so much for, for your service. We'll hear that a lot. And, you know, my response is, hey, I, we really, really appreciate that. You know, it's an honor for us to, to be in this position to help when we can and to try to help. Um, but your, your thankfulness really isn't necessary, but thank you for saying something. If you call 911, what do you expect from us? And then at that point, just shut your mouth and listen. And they'll probably be like, what? What do you mean what do I expect from you? Like seriously, if you call 911 or somebody in your family calls 911, what do you expect from us? And then just listen. And you're gonna get a lot of the exact same answers. And I like to ask this to different age groups of people. Um, if we have an elderly person that stops us, I like to ask them. If we have a little kid where mom and dad maybe made them come over and say thank you to us, I like to ask them as well. And the crazy thing that you're gonna find is the answer, regardless of generation, is gonna be the same. They expect us to solve their problem. They expect us to be nice. They expect us to be competent. And they expect us to help them for whatever we called, or they called us for. And this obviously has grown a little bit out of proportion for the way that emergency medical services is being used as people's primary care doctors and things like that. We're not gonna jump on that soapbox today at all. So here's a that's a little fun thing, or if you got probies on your crew, that's kind of a cool thing to model for you if you're a senior firefighter um, or you're a senior leader in your department or organization um, or you're the officer, start to teach them to have those conversations because it's much more impactful when you hear as Chief Brunacid would call it, Mrs. Smith, tell you what she expects from you, it's much more impactful than if it's just the boss over there talking about what he expects again, blah, 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 blah. Much more impactful when it comes from the actual stakeholders where the external customer when we're trying to, to provide a certain service or uh, response type. So to expand upon expectations, what are they and who do they belong to? Well, they certainly don't even just belong to the crew. They certainly don't just belong to the boss. They belong to the internal and the external customer. So everybody gets a voice. And we really, really should build the crew level expectations to meet the citizen expectations. So if the citizen expectations are, I want you to show up and be competent and to be able to solve the problem no matter what it is 
and I want you to treat my family with empathy and kindness and compassion, even if it doesn't necessarily work out. We don't always win. It's just the fact of the job that we're in in emergency services. We don't always win, and some days suck. That's all there is to it. Some days are really, really bad, but not every day is really, really bad. And there's a lot of things that we can control um, to make that those bad days just a, just a teeny bit better, which at the end of it is a win for both the external customer and the internal customer. So attached in the show notes for this episode specifically is a, a free downloadable expectations template. And this is a template that I've been using for quite a few years and have had really, really good success both at the company and it's now starting to leach out um, across the country, to be honest, with this this free resource. So check out the show notes or go to firefightercraftsmanship.com and you can get that free company expectations downloadable there. And as you start to use this template, make it better. Don't just, don't just copy what I have there. Like take that thing and make it better. Make it your own. Make it your company's. And so this, this document here really is a living and breathing thing and it belongs to the entire company or the crew, depending on what, what language you use around that. So let this thing grow, make it better, add stuff, delete stuff, but keep it within reason. It shouldn't be this uh, like war and peace manuscript about all of these different things. So try to keep it nice and simple. It should be easily digestible. It should be really, really easy to understand. And really for me, in my opinion, it should be, if I hand it to you, you should be able to get through that thing in less than five minutes and have a really, really good understanding of what that expectations are. And the way that we can do that is by using foundational protocols, policies and procedures, SOPs, whatever the words are that you use for those as the foundational building blocks for that. I don't need to go through every single one of my SOPs and write all of those into that. We know that the SOPs are there for how do we operate on a different emergency scene call types. We know how it's there. How do we operate in the admin world, in the firehouse, all those sorts of things. But this just maybe takes some of those highlight piece out. And and one of the ways that I've used this really, really to good success is by giving it to people that are not assigned to the crew. So when they walk in the door, we have um, the book is what we call it. And it's not a book. It's just a simple PDF, just like the downloadable version you can you can get for yourself. And I say, hey, when you get a second, take a look at this because this is what's expected of you based on what seat riding position. So if they're driving for us that day, as the engineer, here's what is expected of you. Um, but then also, here's what you can expect from me as the officer. Here's what you can expect from the backseaters as the firefighters. And when you do that for the first few times, it might feel kind of weird, you know, because there's not a lot of people out there really doing this. And so it might feel kind of weird, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And just be ready for when you hand them this and say, hey, I want you to go through this really quick. You're probably going to get, are you serious? And then the answer to that is simply, yep, let me know if you have any questions or we can go through it together if you would like. So boom, right away, I've set the tone of like, yes, this is important to us as a company. This doesn't just belong to me. This belongs to us as a company. And we're excited to have you here today. But we also have some things that we're expecting of you. And then you have some things that you're expecting of me, uh, which we'll get to here in a minute when we have a quick question, you know, question and answer session after you get through this document. And for all of those conversations where people have either challenged a little bit of like, you seriously want me to read this or... They've just been taken aback in every single one of those situations. 
that person has said, hey, can I can I keep this? This is something that was really, really valuable. So I'm gonna chalk that up into the win category. So just use that. If, if you're doing something that's kind of new and it might feel kind of weird for the first couple times, um, just encourage them to take it with them or just be ready for them to want to take it with them, which is awesome because then it grows and it spreads and it makes things a lot easier on everybody involved. So when we include the entire company to, to build this expectations document or the book or whatever you want to call it, why does that really work? And it works from a, a perspective of psychological theory that's heavily, heavily researched called self-determination theory. And self-determination theory really has three parts to it. And the first part is autonomy. So meaning, do you have control over your own life? And so when I say, hey, we're going to have an expectations document and I'm the officer and I just sit up there and I do death by PowerPoint or whatever the version of my delivery is. And I just say, these are the things that you are going to do, blah, 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 blah. And in most of those conversations I've been involved with growing up in the fire service, there really wasn't ever, what do you as the crew expect of me? What did we expect of that? officer. So when you give them the power to be involved in this, and so if you're if you're new to the company, you might have to start and say, hey, as the new officer, as the new designated adult, here are the expectations. We are going to try to meet those things. If we don't meet those things, here's the process on how we're going to make sure we do. But these are some of those non-negotiables I have as the officer, which are all supported by department policy, procedure, rules and regs, things like that. But once that initial meeting is over or in that initial meeting, I say, now, what do you expect of me? Boom, we're already tapping into that part of self-determination theory with autonomy because I'm giving them power to say, well, this, these are the things that are also important to me or you're allowing them to maybe challenge those things that you've written down, which... Sometimes that's really, really good. And sometimes it's just an opportunity for you to be like, I understand that might've been how it used to be here, but that is no longer what we're gonna do. And this is the standard that's gonna set starting today. So autonomy is a really, really cool thing. And we, we will do more episodes on self-determination theory for sure. Um, but autonomy and giving people power to have control over their own career path and their, their own ability to be successful and to learn from their failures and things like that is a major, major, major component of people being happy at work. And here at Firefighter Craftsmanship, we want you to be happy, healthy, and strong, both at work and in retirement. And so if you might be in an environment where you're really, really frustrated, kind of use this and look, how much autonomy do I have? And if you don't have very much, well, can you get it? Can you get it within that environment that you're currently in? And if there is just no hope for you to have any autonomy, then simply stated, it's probably time for you to look, go work somewhere else. All right, so the second part of self-determination theory is relatedness, meaning well, that's, that's why crew cohesion is so important. And we talk about you know the family of the fire service and things like that, but you have to build relationships um, to relate to people and you know you can certainly relate to people that you don't agree with. We're in a very politically trying time, which uh, with election season coming up is gonna get even worse. So let's work on that. Can we have good conversations? I would suggest not having political conversations at work, 
but can we have good conversations about strategy and tactics with people that we don't agree with? And you don't even have to end the day by agreeing with them, but can I have a good solid debate and conversation and everybody leaves where nobody's just getting bullied or getting name called or any of that stuff by the end of it. But can I relate to that person and say, I understand their perspective where they're coming from. I just don't agree with it. Um, and that's okay too. So relatedness, how do you relate to those people that are in your company, in your fire department, in your station, um, within your platoon, squad, whatever, uh, whatever your environment is? Can you have relatedness with those folks around you? Is there a connection there um, both at work and potentially off duty as well? Um, and that's a very, very important part of self-determination theory. And the final one, which is something we do really, really well in emergency services, in my opinion, is competence. If you look back at your training calendar, I would venture to guess over 95% of your training over the last year is 100% dedicated to competence. Basic skills competence. Are we able to perform those actions when we're called to do so? And so I think when we look at this from an organizational perspective, almost all of our training, other than mandated things like uh, HR training and things like that, is related to competence. And if we go all the way back to what does the external customer expect from us, the number one thing that they're going to tell you every single time is we want you to be competent. And so when we, when we do an expectations document, kind of like this downloadable PDF here, we are tying into all of these. We're, re, we're building a community and a culture that's relatable. Um, we're, we're explaining to people how they fit into that and how they can be super, super successful within that culture. We're allowing them to drive what are the expectations. Um, and we're also saying, hey, here are things that we are gonna be competent about. And here is what I expect from you based on how you're riding on the rig today, what seat you're in. These are the things that are expected of you. And if you are not competent in those, then let's go out right now and figure out how we can make that happen. Or do we need to get you moved maybe to another assignment if you're on a specialized company or something like that? One of the other advantages of having this, this living and breathing document is that it makes us get back in there and make sure that the expectations haven't changed, aren't too hard, aren't too soft, uh, based on what the crew dynamic is, if, the, if that crew has changed or things like that. Because if you have a very, very junior and, and not experienced company, then your expectations of the work output that they're able to perform in a super smart way has to change with that. And then they can grow within that. And so maybe then it changes into, hey, here's some of the goals that we're working towards. Here's the basic expectations that are absolutely not negotiable. But what do, you, what do you expect as that new member to the crew? How can we get you up to this level of where we want to go? So I'd encourage you to put this thing on a rotational basis at the very minimum twice a year where you can go back to this expectations document and say, hey, as a company, are we meeting these? As an individual, am I meeting these? As a group, are we actually doing what we're saying? And so another fun way that you can incorporate this is to create a company motto. What do you want to be known as with your specific environment, your specific company? Do you in the fire service want to be known as that company that when they show up, everybody just wants you to leave because you're a pain in the ass? Or your bravado and your ego is so gigantic that regardless of how good your basic skills are, nobody wants you around and they can't wait to cancel you as fast as humanly possible? Or... 
Do you want to be known as that company that when you show up, you want to get that hardest job and you want to be in the mix and you want when you're on the ticket for that response where those other responding units are like, all right, cool. I know I don't have to worry about them. I can actually give them some really, really good work and they are going to make this problem better. I have a feeling I know what answer you would rather have, but this is where some self-assessment and going back to that expectation of how do we treat each other within the, the crew, within the company? How do we treat those surrounding companies around us? How do we treat those surrounding companies around us that might need a little bit of help, right? How do we be leaders and extend that, hey, it, let's, let's get out there and work together and let's create good positive training environments where we can where we can grow and we can push each other and I can really help you with those things that might be a little bit sticky or you're just downright scared to perform. How do we, how do we figure that out? And this document can really be a good catalyst for all of those conversations to happen. I'd encourage you once you have this document complete that you also provide it to the surrounding companies like I just talked about, but you provide it to your superiors and you say, hey, if you're, if you're on an engine company, hey chief, as your battalion chief, here is what you can expect from us because these are the things that we're working towards every day. And then also help us be that external factor where you can say, hey, to me, it looks like you you all are meeting this or, hey, we could really, really work in these areas here. Give it to your training division, right? Let them help you if you have one. Let them help you grow and push and challenge yourself to make sure that those expectations are being met. So the way that this document has been broken down is really, really simple. So it starts with daily checks. Hey, here's what I expect from the daily checks. Here's what we expect of each other from the daily checks. And then it goes into specific call types. And so for the fire service specifically, we have different specific call types. I don't have every call type on here, but I got the big ticket item ones like medicals, what's expected, um, structure fires. How about if we get assigned as the RIT company? Um, how about auto alarm and detector calls? And the way that I've laid this out is because those are the areas to me where I've seen lots of complacency either within myself or with crews that I've worked with or worked around. And so when somebody comes in and they're a guest for us or they're brand new to our company, hey, here is the expectation. We're gonna overdress until proven otherwise. And so we have that conversation. So if we get dispatched to a motor vehicle accident, we're expecting all of those to be turned into extrications. We're expecting all of those to have really, really hurt people, trauma cores, things like that. And so that way, when we show up and we have no information and we do have a nasty call or a trauma core, it's not, we just are saying, yeah, of course, I already expected that. Now we just plug that into the basic skill sets that we know how to do. Or if we get dispatched to an automatic alarm, we're putting on all of our PPE we're getting out the door quick. And so that building is on fire until proven otherwise. And so um, just remember, you know, with if we're talking about uh, fire specifically and ventilation limited conditions, we have all this education around ventilation limited conditions, but then that first in company gets on scene and maybe their on scene report says, I got nothing showing. And so right away, all of us are like, oh yeah, of course not. Well, which one is it? Could the building not be on fire? Of course. Or could it be a vent limited condition where it's just not showing me it's on fire? So there's one of the things that you could put in your expectation document of even something like that. If you're noticing some complacency around a certain specific thing, then include that. That's a really, really good talking point to have as a company.
And the biggest thing that I think has really been the most positive thing about having this expectations written down and handing it to people that are either new or are with us for the day is the training mentality. And so there's a lot of nervous energy around training in emergency services. And there's even more nervous energy and chatter, internal chatter for sure, about failure and what failure means. So I'd really encourage you to, to write down on paper, what is our training mentality? What do we believe in? And how do we define failure, especially in the training environment? And then live that. And that might be a little bit tough, right? So you might think that your poop doesn't stink, but unfortunately it does. Okay, and so this job and emergency services as a whole has a fun little habit of finding you and kicking your ass on those things that, that you are not confident in. It's just the way that it works. And so you need to have a good, healthy relationship with failure, especially in the training environment. You need to have a good, healthy relationship with failure on an actual emergency scene. And how do you respond to that? That's really, really important. And that these are things that you can definitely define in this expectations document. But you got to have people that are outside the crew or you got to have those honest conversations within that crew that says, hey, these are the things that we've said are important to us. And these are the things that we said we were going to live by. And we're not doing that. And so you have to have, whether that's the probie or the most senior firefighter or the officer, it shouldn't just always be the officer that's upholding that line because they slip too, and it's easy for them to get overwhelmed and let some things slip. So um, have those external forces, have those internal forces that are really there to help fact check you. No gotchas, just help you get better and to grow. So head on over to firefightercraftsmanship.com, download the free expectations template downloadable, um, or you can hit that in the show notes and it'll take you right to that download page as well. So thank you for spending your time with us. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate you sharing um, we appreciate you rating and reviewing the show. That's really been helpful for us to grow this thing week over week. Um, continue to reach out with questions and ideas and challenges. I've had some really, really good conversations this week about some past episodes, especially the psychological detachment episode. Had a hilarious phone call that started with, hey, I'm really, really liking this. I, li I listened to this psychological detachment episode, which will be linked in the show notes. Um, but either you're full of shit or I'm full of shit was how it started. And we had a really, really good conversation, which actually led to me wanting to record this expectations podcast. So this is actually going to be a two-part series. Expect expectations part one is going to be how to set them at the crew level because that's the easiest, lowest hanging fruit. And part two of this is going to be how do you set expectations with yourself? So as always, thank you for, for following us. Thank you for the comments and the feedback. Thank you for sharing this show. Um, please smash on that follow button on your favorite podcast player so you never miss one of these weekly episodes. And stay smart. Thank you for listening to the Firefighter Craftsmanship Podcast, where we give you real tools to train ultimate human performance both on and off the emergency scene. You can find more information on our webpage at firefightercraftsmanship.com including all the classes that we offer and there's plenty of free resources and training on the site as well. Reach out to us on social media, including Instagram and Facebook. We'd love to have a conversation and figure out how we can help you achieve your goals. Stay smart. Stay smart.